What's good, everybody? It's your boy Rice C.K. We're back with another episode of Rice C.K. and Friends. I'm back with the gang. Juski, what's happening? Wagwan, Rice Wagwan, my brother. <laughs> How you doing, Rice Me, you, them. Brethren. Yes, I'm good. <laughs> and we got this man, Mr. Shoulder Lean, shrugging himself, a.k.a. the birthday boy. <sighs> Give it up for your mans. Black Cheddar, a.k.a. Mr. Capers in the building. Happy birthday, dude. Thank you Happy very birthday. much. Man, how you Staying feeling? Blessed. How you, how Staying blessed. Staying blessed. How do you feel? I'm feeling great. Feeling Golden. good. That's good. That's, that's living good. the life. Good. <laughs> you got some goals set. <laughs> that life I'm living. Living you, that, life, to, that life I'm living. You about to take over the world? <sighs> I hear that. I hear that. So, yo, we got another episode this past weekend. If you guys all saw the Mike Tyson, uh, Mike Tyson shenanigans, but I want to first start with uh, a couple things that I saw on the internet this week, which were pretty hilarious. First off, we had Thanksgiving, and um, a lot of people choose to post their Thanksgiving meals on Instagram. Now, a lot of these, a lot of these meals, though, God damn, <laughs> they look crazy. Mm-hmm. Someone's saying the mac and cheese, right, doesn't even look like it was baked. How you, how you not have how you have non-baked mac and cheese for for Thanksgiving? Could, could that could that be allowed? Despicable. Would you allow that in your household? Banned. No. <laughs> People's turkeys aren't even turkeys aren't even cooked all the way. Like, this turkey is raw. You you saw your uh <laughs> Man, you saw Gordon Hayward. You, you told me about Gordon Hayward's debacle. Didn't they pay this man like? Yeah, man, his tur- didn't they pay this man like fifty plus million dollars? Like one. Yeah, I think it might be one hundred and twenty or something like that. But yeah, his he should have just hired hired a chef. Come on now, mm-hmm. that turkey. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for that turkey. Imagine having one hundred twenty million turkey, dollars and you can't cook a turkey. Like that dead turkey went through more trauma than the live turkey. What a it, what a waste of a life. If that makes sense. What a waste of life. Like, that turkey was slaughtered for consumption. Man. Only he should just got, not be prepared. He should have just got deli slices and called it a day. <laughs> See, that's what oh, Mr. Man. Mr. Gentrification himself couldn't even eat turkey. So he might be vegan <laughs> oh, after all. Oh, man. He, he right, did have something he is I think he is vegan. You got to go back to the other previous <laughs> episodes to catch what I'm saying. Go dig in the archives. But your boy, Gwen Hayward, is vegan. Um, but that's what I saw for the funniness. I don't know if you guys saw anything. No. That baby, her plate was looking jacked up. Um, it, I mean, people trolled her. She, her team must be really good because she got deleted, deleted off the internet. Like, is she, she can't even Google it. Why is she still a thing? I, I don't even know why she's still relevant. I don't know either. I thought Atlantic would drop her by now. Like, she was on Atlantic Records. I thought they would drop her by now, but. Like, imagine if your whole life changed because you appeared on Dr. Phil as a badass kid. And acted out in front of your mother. You know what happened to me? I'd be knocked yeah, out my on ass live TV. <laughs> I'd get smacked That's on live TV. I'd be you laying know? on the floor like Nate. <laughs> oh, we'll get my into that God. Later. Oh, damn, Nate. <laughs> Yo, we're about to crack on Nate the whole episode. Mm-hmm. I can feel it. Yep, that's the vibe. Well, but well, back to her, yeah, man. She's, yeah, let's, let's, I don't know why she's still relevant. I yeah, really speaking don't. Speaking of, forget bad baby. Anyway, speaking of, yeah, bumper. Let's move on to more important things. How you guys feel about this past Jeezy Gucci matchup on versus? Because uh, 
It was good for the game. Mm -hmm. Good for the game to see the two of them together and kind of cooperating towards the end of the show. Though there's a very tension-filled, there's a very tension-filled battle at certain points. I was getting a little nervous, but to see them perform so icy together was a beautiful thing. Well, you know, I think Jeezy did a good job of orchestrating it or mm. having a good temperament because Gucci before the verses was taking taking jabs and throwing off the bait, so to speak. Off rip. He started and off with a diss track. <laughs> on stage, even, he's like, buried him in a box, this and that. Like, that right there. Smoking on that Pukulo pack. That was like smoking that on that That's supreme disrespect. And Dang. if you listen to the last podcast or the previous before that, I was like, Gucci's going to be Gucci. And y'all know how I about, feel about Gucci. Don't get me wrong. He has, <laughs> yeah. some, he has some slappers. He has some slappers. But Gucci, just because he got some veneers and has some abs, he's, his soul. Uh-huh. Man's calling them Gucci. <laughs> yeah. Came in, uh, but I think we all called it Jeezy one. <laughs> Jeezy one. Mm-hmm. Um, and fun fact, I didn't know this, but did you guys know the snowman shirt was banned back in the day? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, I, got, yeah. I had to take it off. I remember in middle school, I had, I had gotten a bootleg of one from like some <laughs> from the flea market and I wore it and I got, I had to change shirts. <laughs> he yeah. came out with a mixtape after called Can't Ban the Snowman. Exactly. There were some heaters on that. I think Gucci, Gucci versus Jeezy, first of all, I didn't think it was going to happen ever because that beef is ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. it goes way back. And it's like, from what I've seen from other people talking about it, both from Atlanta, you said it's the beef is a, it's part of the culture. Like, there's mm. divisions between people going into middle school, high school, like their education system. Like, you're either Team Gucci or Team Jeezy. Right. Like, People's families are sort of been split because of it. Like it's it's that serious. Like, like for the them recent to presidential together, debate. For them to actually yeah. be in the same room together and do this is amazing in itself. Mm-hmm. I think personally, maybe it's the New York bias, but I think Jeezy won just off the, the records. Um, obviously, as we said, Gucci's a mixtape legend, and he has a whole bunch of solid tracks. Um, a lot of tracks that he didn't play that I thought he should have played that were successful mm-hmm. records but he didn't play because he was just on nine he was on bullshit the whole from the jump he was starting off with round one which is a, a jeezy diss he came through with other DJ disses and then he came through with the truth which is this ultimate supreme yeah disrespectful and he's playing some diss. mad obscure cuts and diss records like 745 yeah. with the gucci interior like, I thought that was like a throwaway mixtape track from back in 05. Right. I never expected him to be performing that. I'm like, he's doing this? But the, then I talked with folks who are actually from there, and it's like he was appeasing to the Atlanta crowd. So mm-hmm. that was his focus. Like, the Atlanta crowd was his focus on this matchup. It wasn't anybody else. I guess that's maybe that's an excuse, but everybody from Atlanta was like, Gucci won that because of the records that he played and how significant they were over there in Atlanta. But mm. Newsflash versus is a pretty much a national borderline international yeah. event. Like, yeah, so none of us know the significance of that. Now I'll say I've listened to more Gucci Mane than Jeezy probably, but yeah. I still got to say Jeezy won off the strength of the records that he played. That's and the thing, he like, didn't play a lot of, he, he, didn't play a lot of his big records. He didn't even play And Then What or uh, 
a lot of them, yeah, that yeah. he decided to pass up on. Right. Yeah, Jeezy, I mean, Gucci, Gucci has like a huge catalog. Yeah. Like he has so many mixtapes and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think this it comes down to a thing of quality versus quantity. And I think Jeezy came through with the quantity. Yeah. So yeah, I think quality. I think quality. I think, sorry. Yeah, the quality. I think Jeezy got he had that matchup. Um I wonder if we could ever see Ja Rule and 50 squash the beef. You ever think that's gonna happen? Nope. Uh, 50, 50's that. too petty. 50 yeah. is the petty god. <laughs> Though I think the Gucci and Jeezy, it sets the stage for other beefs to be worked out. I don't know about 50 and Ja. Yeah, but um, imagine being a whole ass grown man and the way to squash your beef is by doing beef is by doing a versus like these guys need to get it together. You like Come sit down now. in a room somewhere, shake hands, have a drink or yeah. something and just squash nope, things it's out. You got to have a check involved. Yeah, yeah just that's, that's check. unfortunate. I could see uh it's great to see actually Jim Jones and French Montana squash their beef. They that one was really bad going back. They had connections with Max Max B, but I guess recently they squashed squashed the beef and been working together. I'd like to see a versus with the two of them. I think that'd be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um listen to New York perspective. Um, I think that would be a good matchup, actually. Yeah. Jim Jones and French, I think it would be a great matchup. Um what do you think about 15 game? Do you think they could ever do it? 50 mm. oh, oh, petty, but you think 50 could ever do one? No? You know, nah, I think the pettiness against game and games disdain for 50. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they could uh, get it together and be on the same wavelength, especially since 50 wrote a whole lot of those records, or at least the choruses of mm. a bunch of those records on the documentary that eliminates pretty much a whole album of material that game could perform without yeah. 50 Who's being game name drop? Who's a uh, game with a name drop in the verses? Oh, my in the God. He would be naming, team names drop literally everybody in every record. He'd be like, hey, great Nelson Mandela. Talking about some dumb shit. I don't know. But uh, you know who actually saved the Gucci and Jeezy verses? That the unsung heroes? You know who they were? Who's yeah. that? It was the strippers. Oh, I, Major, what was the name of the people you said, Major? Who did I say? The uh, the they're not Muslim, but or are they? Oh, the fruit of Islam. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, they were working security. Someone was saying so. Yeah. They they weren't but, playing around. But maybe Rice is right. Maybe it was the strippers. The strippers low key. <laughs> strippers. The strippers low key uh, saved the day. They they diffused the tension. Yeah. From what I've heard. Gave camps because it came through with like their whole entourage in the building. So it could have gotten crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fruit of Islam, definitely the security, but I don't know. I think if there's two camps and something goes wrong, it could have gotten really ugly. But I think the strippers really held it down. Held down as the and buffer. Y- and yet again, booty saved the day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Live from Magic City. <laughs> now... <laughs> They can cook uh, wings too. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the wings. But yeah, let me segue to the music I've seen this week. A lot of music dropped. Um, the music that I liked this week, Juicy J, The Hustle Continues. Um, that album is incredible. I listened to it last night. Um, it's twice, actually, a couple of times. It's uh it's Juicy J. You know what to, you know what you expect with Juicy, but 
he brought mad people that I didn't expect were going to be on the album. He got a Conway feature, which really? actually really works. Um, hmm. He has two records with Logic, which were really fire. Um, yo, Juicy J is, I don't know how he's done it, but he's like 30 years in the game, same sound, essentially. But it just sounds contemporary and fresh. Each year he, he goes through it. Like he's managed to stay in this lane and, you know, stick to his sound and and make really relevant music with that sound. It's incredible. True legend in the game. Yeah. Um, I also, Young Thug, Slime Language 2 came through. I didn't hear it. Um, I'd have to tune in with my sister to see if she did. <laughs> She's the Thugger <laughs> correspondent. Um, no Ceilings 3, I did listen to some of it. Um, it's good to hear Wayne rapping on other people's beats again. It's a nostalgic feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you feel For about sure. it, Andrew? Oh, for no ceilings. Have you heard a little bit of it? Yeah, I listened to some of it, and like you said, you get that 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 old school nostalgic like Little Wayne vibe, yeah. and I like it. You know, probably back to my high school college days. Even though I'm not yeah. that old, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I got another one to add. Um, yeah. Russ has an EP, Chomp. Yes, he's a little cocky. Don't get me wrong, but I mean that's it's with, nothing wrong. It's with merit. I mean, Russ because is a, wait, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, what Merritt, like you said, because what he's doing is uh, revolutionary mm-hmm. and next level. And people may take it the wrong way, but he's actually trying to spread light on what the possibilities are. And I think a lot of these rappers have the same talent, if not more, to be able to do what he's doing. Yeah. It's not thinking outside the box like him. Like mm-hmm. people are selling mm-hmm. their masters. Even Taylor, it's not just rappers, Taylor Swift, <laughs> Scooter. <laughs> Yo, Bronson let's talk about masters. it real quick. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about it real quick. I could break it down for you. The legal legalities of what's going on with Scooter Braun and Taylor Swift is nuts because I looked into it a little bit. So what happened is that Scooter Braun bought, I think, I got to know the name of it. I think it's called Big House Entertainment or something like that. There's an entity which has ownership of Taylor Swift's first seven albums, I believe. Mm. First few albums. Um, that entity was bought by Scooter Braun. So by default, he owns the masters of those early projects of Taylor Swift, which have garnered garnered millions, maybe billions of dollars. Um, It's the reason why she's popular today. Um, Taylor Swift is trying to get her masters back. She offered a significant amount of money. They don't think they disclosed. So Scooter Braun is so much of a shyster to Taylor Swift that he didn't even consider... He didn't even consider um, her offer. Went out, bought the the masters, decided he's going to hold them anyways. And I think he's selling, he sold it to another, um, he sold the masters to another company. Now, is he Taylor Swift's manager? No. Okay. No. He's Justin Bieber's. Justin Bieber's manager. Um, They have worked together. I don't think, I don't think Scooter Braun has managed Taylor Swift. I could be wrong, but that would be a conflict of interest if, if um, if Scooter Brown was her manager, because <laughs> I know then, he manages a bunch of pop stars, so but the the music business is grimy as hell. Like she mm. was, she had the money to buy her masters, like the value of it, and he said, "Nah, I'm not selling it to you." Mm-hmm. So now Tire she's bitter. re-recording all her earlier projects. Really, re-recording everything. Damn, taking that as her ownership. That's yeah. what um, the singer JoJo did for her first album because her fans were upset that they couldn't find her 
early stuff on yeah. the streaming sites. And since she didn't own the masters, she ended up re-recording it. Yeah. yeah. So that's my moral of the story. And I like, you know, we, we, like, we like to talk about like, you know, owning your own, black owned, this and that. Russ is white, don't get me wrong. But Russ, he raised money for black, um, you know, for Black yeah. Lives Matter. He's been doing stuff. And he's not yeah. the be-all sale. I'm not putting him on. I'm not putting him on a holy grail or anything like that. But I'm just yeah. saying, this guy, he he has a point, and he's, you know, he's backing up you, the shit that he says. Yeah, yeah, he's he's backing up his talk. And a lot of rappers these days are just talking about lean money pills, all that stuff. Like his yeah. music has some substance. It's mm-hmm. it's motivational. It's and, called um, Chomp. That's what it's called, right? The EP is called Chomp, but yeah. he has a a big catalog, and mm. he's making money from songs he's made years ago because he owns it and. You know, he has a huge place seat. Like, he has a bunch of cars. And, like, he... That residual he, This guy's rich. Be crazy. Rich. So, yeah. the Russ. I know it's uh, Static Selector dropped um, the balancing act. I haven't heard that, but from what my friends have told me, it's, it's solid. Real hip-hop, hip-hop. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's been on a run the last year or so, quietly. Yeah. I don't know if you heard the Trill Static album, yep. the one where it's, like, the... It's like Massachusetts, New York, and Texas all morphed into one. It was very one state on the cover. And he had some features, some good features on there. He had like Bun B on there. Yeah. Um, mm. Uncle Murda. Uh, I forget who else he had on there. West Side Gun. West Side Gun. But mm. yeah, I definitely want to hear the new project. That's solid. Um, who else I was talking about? Jim Jones without Copper Deluxe. Um, 15, new pro- 15 new tracks. <laughs> I'm sorry. That sounds like a, a burger special. A capo. <laughs> uh, let me get that out. A capo. It looks like a, when you go to a, like, uh, you go to a, a taco restaurant. Let me get the El Capo Brigante. Uh, deluxe. <laughs> deluxe. Uh, is that Yo. the number 37? Is the El Capo <laughs> with <laughs> Comfrey Holex? Oh, <laughs> Sorry. All right. Continue. My bad, yo. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> new Jim Jones. Well, what else is there? Oh, yeah, a couple things. Currency and Harry Fry got a project. Lil Yachty, uh, bonus footage, which was... What was the other one preceding, Major? It was- uh, director's Cut was before yeah. that. And the first one, I'm drawing a blank on the title. Mm-hmm. But they kind of are... It's almost like a trilogy. Nice. Like, the director's cut, I, at least what I thought, they were bonus tracks that were left over from the first project that they didn't put on gotcha. and now they're doing a third one so i don't know if they planned it like this or what but the first Probably two were good i listened in the to. studio um bad bunny el ultima was it el ultimo el ultimo, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ultima, ultima. but bad bunny got the new project I, I listened to it in its entirety didn't know what it was talking about but i'm gonna have to learn spanish because it's fire um <laughs> I'd say yeah. like, you can tell you just music has feeling. You can just tell mm-hmm. it was sort of emo from what I sounded like, but um, I'd like somebody who's a Spanish speaking listener to break it down for me because I, I, I really enjoyed it. Like sonically, it's a great album. Um, mm-hmm. Lil Yachty got his bonus of Lil Boat 3.5. There's a track there with uh there's a track with Future and uh, Playboy Cardi on there. I'm not going to even lie to you. This shit is fire. Really? Yes. I like it. I like it a lot. Of the new rappers, I got to say, I like Lil Yachty's stuff. 
I haven't yeah. listened to her a whole lot, but when I come across and I hear it, I'm like, all right, th- this this is kind of cool. He's he's done with the bubblegum rap, like whole bit that they were trying to push on him. He was like, fuck that, I'm not doing that anymore. And he started he just started just rapping mm. the trap Atlanta stuff, which works for him. I think the yeah, rebrand. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, the rebrand or a change or evolution so to speak but he um he's he seems like a funny guy overall he's been on yeah. uh, hot ones, hot ones. Wings. <laughs> oh he's my god <laughs> hot like oh my god like, oh my god <laughs> yo he um, was dying he had like the uh he had like the hannibal he had like the uh hannibal lecter fit Looked like he had a straight jacket on, trying to eat these chicken wings with like a little bit of dabs of sauce. And he's like, oh my God. You got to see it, man. It's so funny. Yo, go check Yachty. out. If you haven't seen it, check Yachty Hot Ones. Or absolutely. Or even um, uh, Bopra. Bopra oh, was funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still can't like, believe, I still can't believe that Yachty all he eats is pizza and chicken nuggets. That's, that's like the most basic ass taste buds. Oh my God. Yeah, he uh, he just seems he reminds me of like the goofy kid that lived up the block from you. Yes. That's him. <laughs> I was watching something on um Noisy and they like kind of did a background of Lil Yachty and they're interviewing his mom. Yeah. And he was like, Yeah, Miles has always been an active kid. I was like, he looks like a Miles. <laughs> he is a Miles. <laughs> <It makes sense. laughs> he is a Miles. <laughs> So, yeah, that's what I got in a nutshell with music. Um, you know, they're dropping, like, 50, 100 albums a day, even more. Yeah, yeah. It's so much music. It's hard so to keep much up music with. to consume. So little time. Yeah. Especially now, because, like, you can't go out, really, so I might as well chill and record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of these, some of these, uh, like I say, Bad Bunny, and uh, I'm pretty sure Jim Jones, Juicy J, they probably knocked it out. And speaking of knockouts... <laughs> <laughs> Segway. Segway guy strikes again. Yeah, a lot of us had time on Saturday. You guys watch the fights? Yes. yes sir. You know it. <laughs> so want to start from the beginning to the end? Yeah, let's start from the beginning. I'm not going to hold you. I don't know who the two fighters are in the be- is Sagawa? Is it Sagawa and Ortiz? No, I got you. All right. Well, there's so one the before original- that. They had a free hour and there were two fighters that fought. It was yeah, please and... please break that down. Okay. Well, I don't I don't know what happened before 9 p.m., but I know the initial one was supposed to be it was Vidal and it was supposed to be Rashad. That's what Rashad dropped out. Mm-hmm. This guy named Ortiz came in to call him the mechanic. Mm-hmm. So he I, I saw the end of it. I, I didn't see the beginning, but I saw the end of it, and I see why they called him the mechanic because this guy was just up, down, side, like just just destroying this guy like a mechanic, like just different know. parts of his body. You know what's the crazy part? I saw the beginning in the middle. I saw the fight, but the thing was, Sagawa, I think his name is Sagawa, is a black guy. He yeah, was winning the majority of the fight. He was winning the majority of the fight round for round. And then Ortiz came out of nowhere, got heart. And that's when you came in and saw that. The that's where I saw, down. yeah. Like, I remember Sagawa, he went for a, a, a hook or a jab or something. Yeah. And... And Ortiz, he dodged it and he slipped one right in the gut. <laughs> and like, it was like one of those like, body you, ever get slapped, you ever get slapped 
and like mm-hmm. it takes a second for you to know he got slapped. To realize, like yeah. that in the gut. He was like frozen, and then he just dropped. You, like, hear, you, you hear if you hear a strong body shot, it's something different about that. It's just, poof, you just hear like yeah. you just hear that, and it's like oh man. Yeah, so it was Vidal. It was Vidal. Vidal was the next guy. It's Vidal versus Blake. So Vidal versus Blake, the white guy, mm-hmm. like the um. He's an army veteran. I don't know if you guys noticed. He like kept shaking his head. I guess because he has P- PTSD. He has PTSD. Okay. So, yeah, Badal versus Blake. So the black guy versus the white guy. Oh, Blake Badu was Jack. Is that Black? Yeah, Badu Jack. McKenson? Badu Jack versus Blake McKernan. 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 Something like that. But he he took a whooping of a lifetime, Blake. And I give yeah. you know what? I give him uh, I give him prop uh, props because you know he didn't give up, and mm-hmm. they were even saying it in. During the like during the commentary, they were saying like you know this is you could really hurt like having hearts great, but you can really hurt yourself. And this you, is like mm-hmm. so he's ahead. a he's a so he's a U.S. Army general. He's an Army veteran. He was a machine gunner in the Army. Took the fight. A lot of these fights shouldn't have been taken to be honest with you, but I give that guy heart. Yeah. Break McKernan had heart for sticking through and sort and not getting yeah. knocked out. Yeah, because I thought and, he was gonna be done like. In the sixth round, he was getting decked boop, boop, and but, get hit with body shots, but he kept going, so I got to give him props. That was disrespectful, though. Badu Jack didn't even give the man a hug. He just, like, tapped him on the shoulder twice and said, good job, son, and, like, Dang. left. Badu Jack, that was sort of a douchebaggery move. He could have he respected the troops and give that yeah. man a hug, but, you know. Well, he's from Sweden, I think. Oh, yes, he is. He's sw- oh, okay. Swedish. He's Swiss. probably like, he's Americans. <laughs> Like, <laughs> that'll do. But then but, um, the next fight, which was hmm, perhaps one of the more interesting fights and perhaps one of the more interesting results in boxing. And very fast happening. Quick. <laughs> Mr. Douchebag himself, Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Nate. I just knew from the beginning. Nate Rob. His name is not Nate anymore. His name's Nathaniel. <laughs> Nathan. So I'm gonna call him by Nathaniel Robinson. So Nathaniel Robinson walked out of there, getting the entryway with the, the entrance, playing that West Coast music. I'm like, all right, salute, salute. He's from Seattle. Um, I was like, salute your hometown. This is West Coast. I'm like, yes, let's go. Comes in with the Knicks colors. Off rip. I'm a little apprehensive. I get a little nervous. My heart rate goes up a little bit. I'm like, this might not happen the way I want it to happen, but let's see. He goes into the ring, mm-hmm. and then and then Jake Paul's already there because he walked in first. And I'm like, let's let's see what happens. And then off rip, it just looked it looked ugly from the jump. Jake Paul doing his flurries of punches, looking crazy, but somehow it's connecting. Nate Robinson, I thought it was gonna be technical. I don't know who trained this man. <laughs> who trained this man? Because it took maybe three seconds before he abandoned all training that he ever took. <laughs> and he just started trying to <laughs> throw hands against like, the street. He was like Donnie from the Wild Thornberry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that man oh, got tagged man. up so many times. You'd think it was a wall in the back alley. He was that was so bad. Because at first, I will say, I thought Nate was going to... Uh, uh, take that match just off his athletic experience. And then right before the fight, 
I remembered how he played basketball, and I texted you guys. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. if he boxes anything like the way he hoops, he's going to be in trouble because he's going to get in there and be overhyped and start making boneheaded decisions and screw himself over. And then when I saw he rocked the Knicks colors to the ring, I said, all right, I'm even more concerned I was apprehensive. Now. And he did just that. Boxed like he played ball, out of control, and ended up taking a big L. I mean, Jake Ballin Paul. Balling out of control. Jake <laughs> Paul has, because I saw the Jake Paul and KSI fight. They're both YouTubers. Um, yeah, YouTubers taking boxing. It's really annoying. It's a trend that I want to stop. But Jake Paul won that fight, and he was all right. I mean, he was okay. Then I saw this fight, and I was like, yo, Jake Paul got better. I don't know who's his trainer, but he's out there in Calabasas with his privileged self getting good at boxing. In well, shape. One thing I will give him, he says, like, you know, him and his brother have had to, like, towards the end, he's like, me and my brother have had to fight our whole life. And they're like, why boxing? Why boxing? That's some bullshit, bro. I don't know if it's, they're from Ohio. That's some bullshit. They're probably good good in Ohio. They had to fight their whole life. That man lives in Calabasas, man. He could take a bike ride to Drake. He's a famous YouTuber, but. Yeah. He's like, I had to fight my whole life. Fuck out of here, Jake. You Man, I hate that guy so much. You don't understand. He screwed up so Ricey, many YouTubers. Ricey, we'll, There's so Ricey, much about, about Jake. We'll, we'll put you in a ring with him. We'll see if you keep talking like this. No, nah, I'm going to fight him. That's fine. Oh. I'm going to fight him. I'm going to find a way. Give me, oh. give me like six months. Man, if I was Nate Robinson's trainer. Schedule it. Just give me a mail. That's all I ask. If I was Nate Robinson's trainer, I'd be I'm so like, pissed. <laughs> I'd be laid out in the ground. Yo, and you know, like... Yeah, um, Nate lost, but I think it's the way he lost, yo. Like, my man looks man, dead. I like the way he flopped to the ground. Man, I was, that was mid, bad. I was mid macaroni cheese eating, and I put the plate down. <laughs> I put the plate down and was legit concerned because that man did not move for at least 30 seconds. I thought he died on the ring. He that looked bad, his arm was outstretched. You know, yeah, the arm hit that hard, like where you just like frozen. You don't and protect fall like yourself when you drop. He hit him with a three piece. Woo. When it he happened, he did an uppercut, then a left jab, and he was already out of balance. And then he did that overarching hook. And Not- he gave him a biscuit, three piece. <laughs> I was like, oh my yeah, God. Man. He dropped on the canvas so fast and Who stayed was there. Oh my- who was like, Nate's damn. trainer? He didn't teach him any. We don't need to know him whatsoever. Because, yo, whoever. Okay, so let's see. Okay, the top three fleecers of the month would have to be one Gordon Hayward with that ridiculous deal with the short Charlotte Hornets. He fleeced everybody with that. I don't know the other second or third, but that trainer for Nate Robinson also fleeced the hell out of a oh lot of people. My God, he fleeced was... our spirits as black people. And he fleeced Nate Robinson his damn self because he didn't teach him a thing. He My just resorted to street fighting. Yeah, that was so bad. There's absolutely – he didn't even try to defend himself. Just ran out there swinging like a maniac, leaving himself open. Man, I was so disappointed. I was At first, I was scared because I thought he you legit know, died. But then when he after- got – the moment he started breathing and got up, then my my sympathies literally just fleeted out the door. It's like fuck this yeah, man, man. This is how you get hit. Memes flew in. He's getting roasted. This might be one of the most 
roast. Like, you hear you know, about I, the Nate Robinson like, challenge? Oh, God, yes. You just lay down? You just lay down the same yes, position anywhere? Poor man. It's fucked up, oh, man. man. Sir Michael Rocks of the Cool Kids tweeted, Jake Paul oh, yeah. said, make sure you like and subscribe, subscribe before, before he you knocked him out. <laughs> yeah, I saw the Sports Center uh, meme I sent you this morning. It's yes. like Muhammad Ali pumping his fist up and it's Jake Paul in the same fashion. Absolutely. And the, right, major, major was like, Jake Paul said to hang up this picture in white barbershops across the world. <laughs> That's in every super cuts. <laughs> it said every supercuts, I swear. That's our boy right there. They're gonna have a picture of Jake Paul in every supercuts and every uh local general store and every uh he's you know the small town. He's gonna get the number 12. The number 12 is the Jake Paul haircut. <laughs> give me the, the number Jake. 12, dude. Yeah. Oh hey, my God. Just, can you just give me the Jake, dude? Hey dude, just just give me the Jake. I wanna feel like Jake a winner. <laughs> I want to feel like a winner. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Jake, congratulations to the man. He, he can box a little bit, mm-hmm. but, but it gives him. Let's actually, let's talk about the main event. Um, Mike Tyson okay. and Roy Jones Jr. Um, it was very nostalgic to watch. Actually, I don't rem- remember watching a Tyson fight like vivid. I remember being somewhere where they were watching a fight live. But this was in the, like, mid-90s. Yeah. I think I was somewhere when they watched the Buster Douglas fight, but I don't remember because I was too young. So mm-hmm. to see Mike fight, and you could tell he's, he's older. I mean, he's 54, and you could tell he's lost some of that, that speed that he used to have. That power, though, I think he's still got it. The majority of it is still mm-hmm. there, and it was just amazing to see like the body punches when he was contacting, just the impact that he's making. Yeah, especially because there was no crowd. Yeah, Go and ahead. Roy Jones Jr. too. And Roy, Roy, oh sorry. So and Roy Jones Jr. was looking. He was. He still had flashes of his his greatness. Mm-hmm. Mike. Yeah. Mike still has some speed. Like if mm-hmm. I was in the other corner and the bell rings and the Mike comes out the corner approaching me with that speed that he was walking up on oh. I'm stepping out of the ring. I'm out. <laughs> Remember, yeah, have you ever seen that clip? Have you ever seen that clip of that boxer who, when they started the, when they started the uh, round, he just left the ring and walked yeah. out? Yo, yo, I got a better one. You mm-hmm. ever seen the Martin, the Martin uh, clip where Martin's fighting? I forget who it is, but like he gets in the ring with him. He's talking all this mess and he's like running away from him. He gets the clay and face. Then, yeah, and then he gets hit so hard, like he flies the off mats. the ring, gets planted into the wall, and then his face is all jacked up after. So, Shout out to Martin, classic show. Classic. Like, That's a classic episode too. But yeah, the the uh, Roy and Mike, they they both look pretty good. I was worried for Roy for a little bit because he had his arms down and mm-hmm. wasn't didn't really look like he was protecting himself. So I was like, if Mike connects something on him, it's going to be a problem. But yeah. I'm wondering if he, if Mike showed some restraint. He did. You know, he, you could tell towards the end, like he had a very change of heart. He was in a positive place and they were like, we should, we should, you guys should fight again. Or Mike, do you want to fight again? He's like, he said, he's, he's not like, even fighting for himself. Right. Well, he was like, yes, yes, exactly. He said that. And then like, he slid in a joke. He's like, I'm old, this and that. So yeah. 
Yo, what killed me was like, why is you? Why is nobody concerned for my ass? I'm old, my ass. <laughs> that's, yeah, He's like, yeah, why ain't nobody concerned for my ass? And I was like, <laughs> that's what it was. I was like, oh my god, Mike, yeah. you're Mike Tyson, bro. Do you understand? <laughs> We're all afraid of you. One of everybody. Texted, one of us is like, Mike is still intimidating. <laughs> like, to yeah. this he looks much older, but he's scary as hell still. Yeah, he looks like I that OG. That would whoop your ass, like, to the dirt. I wouldn't I fight he, that guy at 54, 64, 74. I'm good. I think he did exercise some restraint, though, to be honest with you. I think at some point he didn't, though. I think he got pissed off at some point because he wasn't connecting, and Roy Jones was evading some of these mm. punches. He still got it. Like, he can still evade. I think he was getting frustrated on that, and he started really punching. But then towards the end, he, he, he dialed it down. And I think Roy Jones got injured. I don't know if you re- oh. if you saw towards the end when they were doing the inter- the interview with Jim Gray. Roy Jones was holding his right wrist like OD. Oh really? Yeah, he was holding it like as if it was like hurt, hurt. Mm-hmm. It was it was subtle, but he was hor- he was holding like he was okay. in pain. I think <laughs> so. I think. Well, imagine punching guy, like a boulder. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it was it was yeah. just very nostalgic and very great to see. Um, for younger folks, I think it'd be it'd be great to see. Say, like, you know, I watched Mike maybe past his prime, but I just imagine. I just wonder, like, how our parents, how they must have felt when they watched Mike in his prime, because they were of age when they were watching him in his prime. Mm-hmm. I think it must have been so amazing to watch Mike or Roy Jones, even Junior, for that matter, in their prime. Psych. I think that like, I feel like if I took one punch from Mike, I'd be disabled for the rest of my life. Yeah. The fact that these guys <laughs> had so many fights, <laughs> and I like, might not make it. Right? Like, yeah, we don't know how to control boxes. Know how to like to control the bodies to the point where they can take hits mm-hmm. and they can withstand blows and stuff like that. I don't, I don't think I'd survive a uppercut or left hook for any of those boxers. <laughs> yeah, I'm good on that. <laughs> I'm straight. I'm good. You know, I mean, I get so. mad at myself when I get paper cuts. So, give <laughs> <laughs> me the paper cut. Oh, oh, right oh, on the oh, pinky. Send oh. <laughs> the peroxide. <laughs> I'm dying. I need the peroxide. <laughs> well, yeah, I wanted to segue just briefly. Um, given that Nate Robinson did get knocked out in the degree that he did. And we had so much high hopes from him. even him putting putting the pressure on himself, saying, you know, this fight will be for all athletes, and pretty much insinuating it'll be for all for the black culture, for the culture. That I whoop Jake Paul only to get literally knocked down to the brink of death. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. Are we asking for too much when we put pressure on certain black individuals to? to represent our community. Just like, for in this, in this instance, that's on itself or we in the wrong or that's on itself? Maybe that's what I'm gonna ask. I think it goes <laughs> both ways. In this case, Nate didn't need to hype himself up and say he was representing a large uh, segment of the population or of the community, but also on the other end of things, I feel like with black athletes or somebody, anybody, quote unquote, representing black people, Mm -hmm. we tend to uh, tear them down in a public space. Like even people that are winning, 
if you look at um, who was the gymnast? Was it Gabby Douglas in the Olympics? Simone Biles or Gabby Douglas? We did. No, it was, it was both. Gabby Douglas. Gabby Douglas. Yeah. yeah, like she was in the Olympics. She was doing her thing and winning. And like all people were talking about was how her hair looked and how their, her hair looked messed up. I was like, she's out here in the Olympics killing yeah. it. Why is the hair something? A concern. Yeah. Why? Why even talk about that? So Williams I feel like no matter right. what you do as a black public figure, that uh, you're gonna get criticized by a mm-hmm. large segment of the population or of the community. Including so, ourselves, right? Yeah. Especially ourselves. So I've seen it with, obviously with Obama, they thought he was gonna be savior for black people when he was like this president, but he's representing the whole Republic. So naturally it'd be very difficult to just, you know, focus specifically on black issues. So people always get yeah. shit for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's other folks, what, what do you well, want to say? One thing I want to say about the Barack, um, there was an interview with the Breakfast Club. Yeah. With DJ MV, Charlemagne, and Angela mm-hmm. Lee. I haven't been able to watch it fully, but I've seen clips. Yeah. And one question was, what is your response to when people say to you, Barack, that you haven't done anything for black people? Or what have you done for black people was the question. Yes. And he answered it. I'm not going to speak too much on it, but for yeah. if anybody's listening, something yeah. interesting to check out for sure. But, right. um, but he, he broke it down. And mm-hmm. it's hard. Because there's the House, there's Senate, there's mm-hmm. Republican, Democratic. There's, it's not like he just waves a wand and yeah. makes change. So yeah. back to what you were saying, sorry. And um, yeah, I mean, shoot. There's been, just, there's been several, several situations where people place in a pedestal, black figures placed in a pedestal, where they may, not, they may fall short. It's, it's, I think it's a testament, for instance, for Floyd. People give shit on Floyd Mayweather but he's consistent with his craft of boxing when he was fighting for him to go undefeated for that long consistently get shit. So it gets shitted on. But at the end of the day, we show love for Floyd because of how much of a legend and how consistent he is as a boxer. I think in general, I think black folks need to, to dial it down and like seeing, finding a savior. Like, I think yeah. it's a bigger problem. Like, the fact that we're clowning Nate, obviously we got jokes. That's just how we are. It's our nature. We we gonna roast you for a while, but I think in a serious and a more serious matter, we have to stop. Um, I think we have to stop looking for that savior. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That savior complex is holding us is back. No one's coming to save you, even when you think of politicians. No one's coming to save you. You're not just gonna vote someone in, and then your life is gonna change. Right. overnight or your life's going to get better overnight. Sure, voting is important and the person that's in charge mm-hmm. um, has a good amount of impact mm-hmm. over people's lives, but at the end of the day, you have to take control of your own situation and make your life good mm-hmm. on your own. No one's coming to save you yeah. and scoop you up in a golden chariot and take you to the promised yeah. land. You got to yeah. take charge. Yeah. Didn't who was it? Somebody said in order to change the world, we need to change ourselves. Yeah, Tupac. Who was that? Yeah, I think it's Pop. Could be. Anyways, yeah. But actually, to segue to that, it's not really political, but it's more of the healthcare issue. This coronavirus is starting to get crazy. That's the reason why we're doing Zooms in the first place, just to be safe. Um, you think? Hey, do you think we're gonna be in another lockdown? You think New York gonna be locked down next month? Yeah. Yeah. 
it's heating up. We're getting into the yellow and orange zones, and I just keep hearing about upticks each day. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we're back into a lockdown of non-essential businesses. Right. Yeah. Even at the grocery stores, um, people are buying buying up all the all the bounty towels, all the paper. You buying all the tissue, tissue paper again? Man, how did they learn? You got to stock up. You got to stock up in advance. Like you got to. Well, have now. <laughs> Yeah, now it's limit per one. So it's back to how it was before mm. limit per one on certain things. I hate people's so. consumer patterns. They just be annoying yeah. as hell, buying up all the toilet paper, buying up all the elbow macaroni on Thanksgiving. <laughs> just buying up everything. Like, just the vaccines are getting made now. Um, when they start waving it, I know it's going to be, first wave is going to be for, you know, essential workers mm-hmm. like nurses and um, healthcare practitioners. But once it reaches to our level, like the general public, you gonna you gonna take a vaccine or hold on that or not take one? If that's something I'm a chill. I'll let, I'm a I'll chill. let, <laughs> I'll let yeah. Dr. Ben Carson take it first. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, I was I was reading yeah. something that there I forget the name of the exact um it mm. wasn't a vaccine, it was um Oh my gosh! What's it called? What do you take when you get sick? Like a pro- antibiotic? An- antibiotic. Mm-hmm. There's a study that shows that certain antibiotic that was given to babies caused certain allergies because of that antibiotic. Mm. Really? So we don't know long yet, and I'm sure there's a long list more, but I'm sure there's many um, side effects, or even if it's minuscule or whatever, of taking these vaccines. And there's like even for the flu shot, there's like three different strands every year they put in the flu shot. Nine times yeah. out of ten, it's not even the same. The actual flu strain is not even the same one that is the one you got in your shot. So got I'm on my Dr. Sebi's. I'm on my Dr. Sebi's. Black shit, CMOS. So. I think yeah, I'm going to buy, I'm going to order some CMOS and some other things to try it out. Black this seed is, oil. I, I will say oil. I got That's the nice. flu shot for the first time this yeah. year. I don't remember ever getting it before mm-hmm. um, after being pressured into doing it by my lady. Yeah, she didn't end up even taking it, but um, I feel I was hustled, <laughs> bamboozled. You got bamboozled, astray, hoodwinked, hoodwinked. <laughs> but when they come out with the vaccine for the coronavirus, I'm gonna hold off on that because mm-hmm. it's—I don't know—I'm weary about stuff when it first comes out. Comes out because like. Look at the Xbox or That's PlayStation. What I'm about to say. <laughs> like the Xbox, a new system will come out. There's all types of defects with it that needs to be corrected. Yeah, the bugs. A new phone comes out. There's always something. A new iPhone comes out. It's bending yeah. in people's pockets. A new Samsung phone comes out. It's blowing up when you connect it to the charger. Yeah. So, so next, so next, <laughs> next, next gen on the PS5. There's so yeah. many complaints of how broken it is. At first, I was so upset that I didn't get a PS5 because I wanted to play 2K, but now I'm like, I'm all right. <laughs> like, yeah, let so them work the bugs out It's broken right now? It's broken. Yeah, yeah man. That's what always happens, though. It's like every initial release of the system, they do it early because of sales. So it's not always ready, like, upon mm-hmm. release. So you let them patch up and fix it up over a certain few months, and then they always do the major, re- major repair, major update. And once you hear about that update, that's when you go get the system. Yeah, they always publish it. They put, they always publish it, and all these video game magazines. It major update for PlayStation, major update for the new system, including several repairs, patches, X, Y, Z. That's when you get the joint. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, people want to. people want to get it? I know it's gamers. That's what they want to do. That's what they do. They get it first day. Other people, a lot of people, it's just like fear of missing out. They want to be yeah. the first guy, the quote unquote first guy to have it. You know, have the PS Five or whatever. Like, chill out. It's gonna be there for the next however many odd years. Yeah, you're gonna get this. You're gonna uh, get this shit. Also, we're adults. We we need the <laughs> responsibilities. We got bills. We got bills. No, I saved up. I saved the money for the five, but I'm not in a rush because I know that it's gonna be broken. And there's not even any really games that many games out, like yeah. in either system. So once there's more games that I like that are out on the systems, then be more inclined to, to get it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But um. But on, on the other side of that spectrum. Yeah. A lot of people are saying people who don't have the PS Five are. They broke critiquing it because because they don't have the PS5. Just say broken go. <laughs> Just say you're broken go. Like shut, shut up. Man. Stop hating. The damn um, internet. Shut up. But segue. Actually, this falls perfectly. Speaking of video games, so right. I was wondering, reminiscing, if you will, some of the games that over the years we played are very near and dear to our hearts. So I was wondering, what for you? What are three games which you could play on site wherever you are. If it's available, you you you'd play. And you any of you guys want to go first? I got. Oh, go ahead, Drew. No, you can go. Because you have uh, a better one. Goldeneye is definitely yeah. one. N sixty four. Yep. When I pick okay. up that controller, it's like second nature. I I know where everything is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also say NBA Street Volume Two. Copy. Another classic game where I just remember all the combinations once I have that PS2 controller in my hand. Andrew, mm-hmm. what's that? Andrew, Andrew and I used to play Street Fighter yeah. too, <laughs> religiously. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? You would come do? over to play too. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. What we do is like, oh, mm-hmm. go ahead, I logged so many hours in that game. I probably got my 10,000 hours of mastery <laughs> playing that game. Me me and Rice T would play that game, like do different tricks and then go outside. And go try outside and try and do it with real life. <laughs> <laughs> try to do off the backboard ducks. Because <laughs> Rice, Rice T had the hoop. Rice T yeah. had the hoop with three-point line and everything, too. Yeah. And the light. And the oh. light. It was yeah. crazy, man. Mm. We were trying to do uh, all the tricks. Trying to yeah. bounce with all people's heads and shit. <laughs> hey Andrew, I'm sorry to run into Andrew. Hey, Andrew, remember when we were in Wemmel and you used to play the kids at Carpenter Village? Like yeah, they used to bike over or we bike over. So this is for context for people who don't know anything we're talking about. So we used to have neighborhood basketball games. Like it'd be people from the, a neighboring neighborhood come through to my house to play us who are in the neighborhood. We had a squad, and then we'd go ride our bikes over to their their hoop which is like five minutes away, well, a couple minutes away with a bike ride. Mm-hmm. And we play ball. We had like a whole series going at some point. I remember this one kid, he ended up like moving and he was like expelled from Gilderland, but he was nice. He was in Carlos. <laughs> he got expelled because he was selling drugs oh, out, the, out, the, out the locker room. But anyways, yeah, what's your third game? <laughs> uh, any Grand Theft Auto, but 
for a specific one, I would say Vice City. That was my favorite one of Vice City. Series. Yeah, that whole 1980s Miami theme. Yeah, San Andreas is my dope. personal favorite. Scarface. That, Which one was I think person? I think San Andreas is San Andreas the is best one man. of all of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, but Vice is my is my favorite personal. But, yeah. If I were to rank the best GTA games, gotcha. San Andreas would be number one. Gotcha. Yeah, Andrew. Remember, remember when we were little kids and like Grand Theft Auto Three came out and you could get the escorts. And yes. Go, that, maybe that's just me. We, we <laughs> thought that was. <laughs> it was like good. Anyways, I could go. Uh, uh, you want to go, Andrew? Or no, you can go. All right. So for me, Super Mario World, I could play anytime. It's it's relieving for me. I just love the game. Um, beat the entire game several times. It's just, it's still fun to me to this day. It's nostalgic because I played it as a little kid. So it's just a nostalgic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you took the NBA Street Vaughn too. So I got to check up a different one. Um, UMK, uh, UMK3, mm-hmm. more Combat 3. Um, that's always been fun to me. That game was broken as hell. But it's so much fun with the combos. It's so broken, but it's so it is so much fun. Um, you know, it's funny as a kid, I used to see go to the movie theaters, and then you know, when you had the arcades, you know, when like COVID didn't happen and life was good and things were open, um, that you had the arcade machine and used to have the you know, the arcade display doing all the fatalities. I used Mm -hmm. to be like scared for a couple, a couple of them used to creep me out as a kid. But then I was like, these are so cool. And I've always wanted to learn how to do it, but it was like hard to do it because you had to go to magazines and like you had to hit the homie up who had the, the sheet of paper that had all the fatalities on it. It was a different man, time, man. Arcades Yo. were so fun. It would just be such a satisfying feeling when you could pull off a fatality in the arcade and people are watching. It's watching. like, yeah, I did. That. And um, on the bad end of that remember like having your guy he's just like swaying it's like finish him and he's swaying and you're like all right up down left x and you try to do it and you mess and up falls. and you just like punch him you just punch him one time back so you the little leg kick leg kick i'm like oh, and then you're like, oh i want to do my fatality man the arcades Yo. was where it was at especially with fighting games like you'd be playing at home then you go to the arcade to test your skills and see if you could whoop up on some people like with Tekken 3, when that came out, I would go to WoW, the arcade, and just be going to town. That yeah. was a blast. That's dope. And then my third my third one is Ape Escape. Um, mm. Ape Escape, without fail, is... <laughs> was that on the 64? It was on PlayStation. Okay. So they made three games for it. I had Ape Escape 1 and Ape Escape 3. My mom randomly got me the Ape Escape 3 from, like, it was... On sale, it was like one of those like clearance games that they randomly had in grocery stores. Remember when you used to have like random DVDs and games like in the grocery stores? So she found yeah. it and she realized that I had Ape Escape 1 and saw it in there. So she just bought it with the groceries. It was like, here, you might like this. And I was like, oh, shit. I was Ape Escape 3. I was so lit. I was, ah. I was like, let's play it. So. I still got that copy, man. I still play from time to time. Still got the PlayStation 2, so it'll load it up and all that. But that's the three games. I just wanted to make a comment, though. 
Grand Theft Auto, harking back, everybody had the the notebook. We had all the cheats. It was a different time, man. Like now, yeah, you paper. just Google that, it and see, but it's on all that loose paper. leaf, and you had to figure out if it was an R one or somebody wrote like an X or square. They're like, damn, what is that? It didn't work. It was like, no, that's an R one. Like <laughs> in the early days of the internet, um, like when it started to become more popular among regular people, there was one website that I always used to go to that had the codes. Yeah. And I would print them off and bring them over to my PlayStation or whatever system yeah. and work them out there. It's like, like nice. realizing that I didn't have to buy a magazine to get the codes and that I could go on the internet and find them. That was, it's game that changer. was a lot of fun. It was a game changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Andrew, what, what's your three? If you have, oh, I have like more than three, but I'm, yeah, I'm, you, I might say four. Up. Yeah. But, um, Super Smash Brothers yeah. is one of my all-time faves. Um, nice. Any sports game, like the 2Ks and the Maddens, for sure. Yeah. And then I got to go with Call of Duty. Call of Duty? Do you have, yeah, a favorite, of Duty. you have a favorite one? So, I mean, I like Warzone a lot. It's different from your traditional Call of Duties where it's like multi... They do have multiplayer, but mm-hmm. it's like kind of kind of like Call of Duty on Fortnite mm-hmm. kind of thing, open world. Mm. And you loot and stuff, and you can upgrade. I like that. Playing with your friends. I mean, I play with. Do they major. have guns? <laughs> do they have guns on there? It's like OP. Like that's just no. Yeah, they're. OP. I mean, they're always putting out patches and adjusting. So okay, but it's it's fun. It's like you know, the, it feels like turn on your lights one night and then just put your sound on yeah. and play and like you like it'll be quiet, 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 and you're like, <laughs> and you're like oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mama. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to die. Nah, you left me out here. <laughs> I'm in the school bus in Newtown. <laughs> I'm going to die in the school bus. <laughs> I need armor. <laughs> That's yeah, incredible, man. But I think on that um, note, I think it's another Sunday. We're here. I think we could call it a day, man. <laughs> if yes, you guys sir. are still tuned in, thank you for tuning in and staying with us for this episode. Um, major happy birthday, more happy life. Happy birthday. Man, enjoy thank the you. rest of your day. We'll be oh, back for another week of shenanigans. <laughs> Prayers up for Nate Robinson, him and his soul and his family. <laughs> I hope that <laughs> I hope that he's okay. Cause that didn't look so good. So Otherwise, we out of here, man. And you already know. (laughs) You already know what it is. Slice. (laughs) Awesome.